The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. In these winter months, consider TripInsurance.com to cover your next cruise investment. Buy direct from the leading insurers and save up to 40% or more on comparable plans from the other sites. Get a quote today and save from TripInsurance.com. Broadcasting from the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. This is Cruise Radio. Hey, what's up? My name is Doug Parker. Thanks for checking out this episode of Cruise Radio. Very happy to have you here. Big, big week this week. Norwegian Cruise Line just announced four new cruise ships. Carnival Cruise Line now heading to Cuba following Fathom and Norwegian and Royal Caribbean. What else is happening? Holland America partnered with the Oprah Magazine. So Oprah is doing some sailings to Alaska. We'll get a couple of sound bites on that later. Stuart Sheeran, the cruise guy, is standing by. Also, Norwegian Sun Review coming up. I am out of breath. Let's get right to it. Terry Thornton is with Itinerary Planning at Carnival Cruise Line. Carnival just got approval to sail to Cuba, so Terry's here to answer some of our questions this morning. Good morning, Terry. Good morning, Doug. Thanks so much for spending a little time this morning. So it was just announced that Carnival Paradise will be going to Cuba. A lot of cruise lines are slash will be going to Cuba. What makes Carnival stand out from those other lines? We are so excited about the opportunity to go to uh, Cuba on our cruise. But uh, what our guests can expect is um, that our cruise will be all of the fabulous food, the entertainment, the great hospitality, the great service that provided our crew that we have on all of our Carnival cruises. And in addition to that, now they're going to have a great new destination to try with Havana. So we think it's a perfect combination. And we are a very different brand than, than the other cruise lines out there. So Carnival Paradise is going to be sailing out of Tampa. Now, this may be an obvious question, but I want to get your perspective on it. Uh, what makes Cuba such a sought-out destination? I think that Cuba offers so many things in terms of what is very different than other destinations throughout the Caribbean. Um, it obviously has tremendous history. It has tremendous culture. It has tremendous sites that people can take advantage of. It has great um, cuisine that people can take advantage of. And the the beauty of Havana, too, where the ship will dock, it's in really close proximity to the old, old town. And so guests will be have a very easy access to what's available in Havana. And it, it just draws so much uh, of the history of Cuba back into the forefront. And people want to experience it and, and see it for themselves firsthand. So uh, as we just mentioned, Carnival Paradise is going to be sailing to Cuba. Can you elaborate on the itineraries? Well, we will start with our very first cruise, uh, which starts on June 29th from Tampa. There are, as we talked about before, there are 12 sailings that we've been approved for to go to Havana. Eight of the 12 cruises are actually four-day long weekends. So they leave on a Thursday afternoon and come back on a Monday morning. And they visit Cuba for a full day and stay overnight till the following morning. So that gives our guests a, a great chance to obviously see everything in Havana, but also to even take advantage of some of the nightlife that's available in Cuba. Then there are uh, four five-day cruises that combine a call, an over, a full overnight call in Havana with either a visit to Key West or a visit to Cosmo. So people will have the opportunity to do five-day cruises as well as the four-day cruises uh, under uh, the 12 cruises we've been approved for. 
What kind of shore excursion experiences will be offered? Because passengers right now can't just walk off the ship and go to the beach, can they? That's correct. You're not permitted to just take people there for general, what they call general touristic purposes. So mm-hmm. what we, uh, we, we don't have them up available quite yet, but within the next couple of weeks, we're going to have all of our shore excursions open for guests to see and purchase. Um, but they're going to be we, – we are bringing what we know the best about Caribbean uh, to things that will really uh, resonate well in Havana. There are requirements for travel to Cuba where guests will be able to certainly take advantage of one of our shore excursion options, and those options will be all fully compliant with all the regulations um, that the U.S. government has, uh, has uh, specified. Uh, but guests will also have the opportunity, if they want to, to do what they call a people-to-people experience, but self-guided, meaning they dictate what they want to do. And uh, so it's not obligated. People are not obligated to buy an excursion for us. Uh, but um, they will then also have to be conforming to all the requirements um, that the U.S. government set aside. Been talking with Terry Thornton, itinerary planning at Carnival Cruise Lines. Thanks for being on the show, bud. Thanks, Doug. It was great talking with you. Now let's jump to Stuart Shear on the cruise guy. He is back. Where you been, man? Doug, how's it going? As always, we're going to jump right to it. So we just heard from Terry Thornton over at Carnival Cruise Lines about them going to Cuba. What are your thoughts on this? What's interesting, Doug, is Cuba is opening up windows. So cruise lines are not going every week. There's no routine to this. There's no, you know, regular schedule. They're they're giving them sporadic dates in which they can sail. So Carnival Cruise Line just announced that Carnival Paradise uh, will be making the runs to Cuba. And you know what's what's interesting, Doug. You know everyone thinks of Cuba, and you think of cigars, right? Mm-hmm. Carnival Paradise when it when it uh, debuted was the industry's first ever smoke-free cruise ship. <laughs> oh, the irony. <laughs> <laughs> it's going to be quite an experience for a lot of people. I'm curious how these islands feel about the Cuba market opening up, because what, last week Norwegian announced that they're doing 25 sailings to Cuba, which means that 25 less sailings to Bahamas. It's, it's, it's interesting. Um, I mean, there, there are, this is like musical chairs, Doug. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the music's going to stop, and someone's going to be left without a chair. For a long time, you know, as, as Cuba has been, you know, been, been talked about, you know, since, you know, let's say I've been, you know, dealing with the industry for 27 years, it's always been there as far as a topic. And when you talk about the experience in, let's say, Nassau, Bahamas, for example, people would just rather go almost anywhere than, than go to Nassau and Freeport, because a lot of people just feel there's really not a whole lot there for them. Well, I disagree with that because I would much rather be on a cruise than sitting here in the studio at any given day of the week. I don't care if it's uh, Nassau, Bahamas, Freeport, Cozumel, or whatever. So we can agree to disagree. The guest satisfaction scores will tell the truth at the end. Well, I mean, look, it's, see it's how they are. again, supply and demand, yep. and we'll see. There'll, be, there'll definitely be market corrections where the cruise lines will make adjustments. Switching gears here, Carnival Dream, New Orleans-based Carnival Dream, just underwent a major refurbishment. What did we see? Now keep in mind that Carnival Dream was the first of three Carnival Dream-class ships, uh, Carnival Dream, Magic, and Breeze. Hugely successful. And so even though the, as new as the ship is, the, the other ships that came out, they had some very interesting uh, options that, that were installed during the Fun Ship 2.0. And Carnival Dream... You know, went in and, and now they're adding, you know, some of the stuff that was added to the other ships like the Blue Iguana Cantina, the Alchemy Bar, um, the Pizzeria, 
and the uh, bonsai, you know, the sushi bar. Mm-hmm. But uh, they're also adding Guy's Pig and Anchor Barbecue Smokehouse, which uh, you know was was I guess kind of a take from um, what was it, uh, Jimmy's Barbecue? Yeah, Fat Jimmy's Seaside Barbecue. Crazy, yeah. po- crazy popular. <laughs> I mean, if, if you remember when we were on, it was a breeze. Yeah, you we saw get the to line it. of people um, with the food. If you recall, we saw plates that were stacked two feet high <laughs> and then they had to have crew members come and grab it and the line went all the way to the back of the ship mm-hmm. and it's that way every time people love it so yeah. now they've got guy fieri is now uh designing uh you know essentially the food for this barbecue menu and uh it's it's going to be hugely successful royal caribbean's majesty of the seas down in port canaveral didn't have a good couple of days in port because the coast guard shut them down what happened well uh they they were supposed to uh you know have left um monday yeah they were supposed to leave on monday and uh during a routine uh ins- you know inspection the coast guard saw some life preservers um that uh, they thought uh were not in the best of shape and so they they essentially held the ship and would not allow it to depart, and they had to bring the um, you know additional life preservers. And I, I'm 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 certain that there there's probably some other equipment that they had to bring up because the ship was not released to sail until five o'clock the next day. Oh boy! Um, so you know you had passengers that understandably were upset, but obviously the safety of each and every passenger on board is paramount. Royal Caribbean provided an onboard credit in the amount of twenty five percent of whatever the cruise fare uh, every passenger paid, uh, not to mention that if they sail again, they'll get a future cruise credit of tw- 25% of the uh, the cruise fare that they paid. So they made a, a really nice offer, and for those passengers that did not want to sail, they gave them a full refund. Well, that works. MSC Cruises expanding aggressively, moving ships over here more than ever. What are we seeing? Well, it's it's going to... It's going to shake things up. It's going to, you know, be a lot different for MSC. I mean, they're going to have Davina. They're going to have Seaside out of out of Miami, and they just announced uh, a third ship, Mergula Vialiel, which will uh, uh, debut in 2019. Whether it's going to be year-round or seasonal, uh, we don't know. Um, they may not know. They haven't decided. They may, you know, kind of be on a wait and see. Uh, Davina, you know, since uh, sailing here. You know, I mean, it, it's it's done okay. Uh, you know, but you know, a lot of people, uh, you know, MSC has sailed out of uh, you know Miami for that matter for for several years, and they've never. I mean, they're a European line. They're they they're focused um, solely on European passengers, and now they're coming over to America, which is the biggest cruise market on the planet, and you know they're they're trying to make an impact. Are they going to be able to make an impact or a dent uh, into you know the North American market, you know, with the carnivals and the Royal Caribbeans and the Princesses and the Holland Americas? Um, it's it's highly unlikely. So when a cruise line like MSC comes in and does ridiculous pricing, like one ninety nine for a week long cruise, does that mess up the market for the bigger lines like Carnival Vista and Norwegian Escape out of Miami? Absolutely. Yeah, I mean, that's a great question. It does make it does have a negative impact because you do have some passengers that are like, well, I mean, I can get one ninety nine for a week on MSC. I mean, I really don't care about the ship, and I mean, it's, it's kind of what those types of passengers would say. And, you know, why should I pay eight ninety nine to go on other cruise lines? The cruise lines have been working very hard 
um, and you know, 2017 is shaping up to have the the best pricing, the earliest booking, and the highest pricing the cruise industry has seen probably since 2006. Wow! Um, it's I mean they're they're doing very well. The satisfaction rates are um, ex- always exceptionally high. Um, but you know the MSC has been a, a bit of a factor uh, because of the low pricing. Now some people have you know let's say some you know pointed to the third and fourth passenger rates where you know for years they've been offering free. But the the problem was is that they've had so few cabins that had cabins that could accommodate three or, or four passengers. So it really wasn't much of an impact. Um, MSC uh, with their new ships, I mean they're going to have some you know some more uh, uh, some you know features. But it's just a question of how closely will they be able to resemble a and provide a North American uh, experience. Fair enough. We've been talking with Stuart Shearer on The Cruise Guy. Find him online at cruiseguy.com or follow him on Twitter at cruiseguy. Thank you, buddy. Hey, my pleasure. Last week, I was up in New York City for an event with uh, Holland America Line, where they are partnering with the Oprah Magazine. President of Holland America, Orlando Ashford, was there. And here is what he said about the partnership. The readers... The Bo Magazine and Holland America Line guests have a lot in common. The readers and our, and our guests are at that point in life where they've collected lots of things, but they're at a point where they prefer to collect experiences. I like to talk about people having the opportunity to touch, feel, and taste the destinations that we take them to. They have a strong desire to learn and engage, to be immersed in something and to be made better. They seek authenticity, something that's real and tangible. If you want to find more about this partnership with Holland America Line, check out the story at cruiseradio.net. Back in a minute. Cruise Radio. Maintaining our global reach. Listen live at cruiseradio.net. From its rich heritage, picturesque beaches, and unparalleled blue waters, it's no wonder over 7 million people cruise to the Caribbean every year. What do you want to do? Swim with stingrays at Stingray Bay? Go for an island tour? Take a beach break? Or set sail on a catamaran to spend the day snorkeling? Whatever you decide, CruisingExcursions.com has a shore excursion to fit your budget. Cruising Excursions knows your time on the island is limited and that you want to make the most of your day. That's why they have shore excursions up to 60% cheaper than the cruise lines and offer smaller, more personable tours. Find out for yourself. Research and book your next shore excursion at CruisingExcursions.com. For over 42 years, Park West Gallery has introduced over 1.3 million people to fine art. Here's what actual customers are saying. I've been collecting with Park West five, six years now. Six years. Nine years. Ten years. Everybody we meet at Park West makes you feel comfortable. You're part of their family. It is an exciting and fun experience. It is enjoyable, uplifting. Park West has been so kind to us. Park West makes us excited to spend money on art. To find out more about Park West Gallery, visit parkwestgallery.com or go to cruiseradio.net and click on the Park West Gallery icon. Have a question for the experts or would you like to talk about your cruise or vacation experience, good or bad? Email comments at cruiseradio.net. Tina recently sailed a repositioning cruise aboard Norwegian Cruise Line's Norwegian Sun. She started in Vancouver and ended in San Diego. She's on the line. Hey, Tina. Hi there, Doug. How are you? Good. Always good to talk to you. What were your pre-cruise thoughts before you sailed Norwegian Sun from Vancouver to San Diego? Well, I have never done a cruise along the Pacific Coast, Mm -hmm. and I just thought it would be something that was cool. I was not 
going to be able to do the Alaskan portion. And I thought, well, let me just try the Pacific coastline, see how everything is. It'll be a chance for me to see something outside of uh, the Caribbean. Mm -hmm. So that was kind of foremost in my head. As far as the sun herself, I had gone on different sites like Cruise Critic and like that to do some research to try to learn what she was about. So I already knew in advance this was not going to be the Norwegian epic or the Norwegian escape, which I have been on. This was going to be a mid-sized ship. She wasn't going to have all the bells and whistles, but I didn't mind that. Cool. Now, you're in Louisville, Kentucky. You had to get to Vancouver. So did you do any pre-night stay, and where did you stay? I flew in a day before, like I always do before cruises, and I stayed at the Fairmont Vancouver at the airport. So the hotel is actually attached to the airport. So once I went through customs and immigration, picked up my bags at baggage claim, the porter escorted me over to the hotel, the bell service took over from there, I rode the elevator upstairs, checked in. Before I knew it, my bags were at my room. This is a fabulous hotel, and I know a lot of people have preconceptions about an airport hotel. Just toss all of those away. It was very reasonably priced. Right now, the Canadian dollar is weaker than the U.S. dollar, so I got quite a deal. All of the windows are soundproofed, and you can look out your window and actually see the runways. It was absolutely wonderful. See, I, I'm an airport geek, and I fly out of Orlando a lot, and Orlando has the Hyatt Hotel attached to the airport. And any time I'm flying right. out of Orlando, I make an excuse to stay there because I, it's just so it's just that convenient, you know? Yes, absolutely. Yeah, for sure. Well, this was really nice. It was great. I would, next time if I go out of Vancouver again on a cruise, I'm going to actually get in there a couple of days ahead just to stay at this hotel. <laughs> nice, that nice. So uh, you, you make your way to the cruise terminal in Vancouver. I believe that's at Canada Place. How was the embarkation for you on Norwegian Sun? The embarkation was great. I actually had set up uh, arrangements through Norwegian. They had a uh, bus that picked up a bunch of us at the airport. It took us about 45 minutes to get to Canada Place. Once we stepped off the bus, Went through customs, immigration, checked in with Norwegian, 55 minutes. So it was very quick. Oh, yeah, definitely. Now, uh, you were mentioning earlier that Norwegian Sun is a scaled-down ship. It's not as glitzy as, say, Norwegian Escape. So what were your first impressions once you boarded the Sun? When I walked on board, I kind of caught my breath because I was like, wow, there's so much wood and there's so much brass. It's almost like a throwback to the older ships or the ocean liners and I mean it's not not that glamorous but it's always very impressive to me one of the things I thought was really cute was that when you look at some of the carpeting you'll see fish and the majority of the fish are swimming forward that means that's the direction you're going on the ship if you see fish that are going in the opposite direction from the others that means you're going aft so it was kind of cute the way they worked that in. So if I felt like I was lost, uh, I'd always look down and I'd look for the fish. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's awesome. So you make your way to your stateroom. So what kind of stateroom did you have and what did you think of it? 
I lucked out. My travel agent got me a really good deal. I was on deck nine. I had an aft balcony, which meant that I could go out on my balcony and watch the ships wake anytime I wanted to. The stateroom itself was very spacious, lots of closet room, lots of shelves, lots of drawers. The bathroom, it's basic bathroom that you're going to find on pretty much any cruise ship. Uh, but everything was very clean. Uh, I only met my cabin steward once, but he did an excellent job. Uh, but there was one item in there that I thought they could have gotten rid of. They had kind of a little sofa, and I'm, I don't think it was a pull-out sofa. And I was like, it's taking up so much room. <laughs> I really could have done without it. My balcony was spacious. I had two chairs on it. Where my balcony was located, when I leaned out, I was in between two, I guess, higher class balconies because they had fancier lounge chairs and everything on them. But I had plenty of room, both in my stateroom and on the balcony. Good. Now, uh, dining aboard Norwegian Sun, again, smaller class ship, not as many Mm -hmm. options. But uh, what did you think of the dining the dining was excellent. Uh, on embarkation day, I'm not a big buffet person, so they actually had, I believe it was the Seven Seas, which is one of the main dining rooms. It was open, so I just had a sit-down meal. Quite a few other people obviously had the same idea. They do have pretty much all of the specialty restaurants you would find on the larger ships. I did uh, uh, La Bistro the first night. I did uh, Cagney's, I think the second or third night, and then on the other two nights, I actually did main dining, but uh, I saw Timpanyaki, I know they had a Moderno, there was another restaurant they had that was a specialty, but I didn't have a lot of time, so I just kind of hit Cagney's and uh, La Bistro, because those are my favorites. Gosh, Cagney's is awesome, isn't it? Yes, it is. I love that <laughs> And there was another restaurant, which at first I thought was specialty, and it ended up it was part of your fare. It mm-hmm. was uh, Las Ramblas, and it was like a tapas restaurant. Okay. And I don't think a lot of people knew it, were, knew it was there because people would kind of peep in, but then they would leave. But I went in and just had them fix me a plate of tapas as an appetizer before I you know, went to the main dining room. Now, Norwegian Cruise Line is known for freestyle dining. Now, like with the main dining room, uh, as you were saying, do they have fixed dining times or is it kind of open seating rotational? It is open seating. I had made, because that's just the way I am, I had made reservations for both of the main dining rooms. But I ended up going there, like, say, a little bit earlier because I was getting hungry, and they were always able to get a table for me. And since I travel solo so much, it's very nice that they would seat me at a table that would normally be for two, but... I would talk to people at the other table that was next to me and actually met two very nice sisters from San Diego, and we all kind of hit it off during dinner and ended up going to one of the shows together. That's that's cool. Now, just to clarify, so there's not like a 6 p.m. and 8 p.m. seating in there? None of that. Okay. No, it's all open. You, They will have set hours like, say, breakfast is from 6 a.m. to 10 a.m. Mm-hmm. They will have hours set like that, but you can go at any time during those time frames. Now, you mentioned you went to one of the shows, so let's uh, transition and talk about the entertainment aboard Norwegian Sun. How was that? Entertainment was very good. Let's see. I, we, one night we went to see a comedian. Her name was Michelle 
Balin, I hope I'm saying that right, she is advertised as being one of the top five finalists on one of those, like, uh, uh, last comic standing or one of those, you know, comedy reality shows. She was very funny. Her humor, it was clean, but some of the references she made, if you were under 30, you might not have gotten them. <laughs> so, uh, but we had a good time. The final night we were on board, uh, they did like a salute to rock and roll. That was very good. Uh, I couldn't believe how nice the costumes and the lighting and the, uh, the staging and everything was just absolutely fantastic. One night uh, in one of the, I think it was Dazzles, which is kind of a combination lounge and bar, they did like a battle of the sexes. I didn't participate. I just watched, but that was funny. Participated in a couple of trivia contests with some friends. Uh, they had a cake decorating exhibition that the cruise director versus, I think, one of the restaurant managers and the cruise director just made a complete mess of everything. And I know that was part of the show, but it was pretty funny. Nice. Now, um, let's talk about the sea days on your ship, because this was a repositioning cruise uh, for night sailing. So you had your share of sea days. Uh, how were the sea days as far as moving around the ship, both inside and out? This is really different from being on a Caribbean cruise. Uh, the temperatures stayed in the 50s until we got down towards San Diego. But I was really... I thought it was so hilarious that there were people that were actually still out on the loungers around the pool in their swimsuits, <laughs> even though it was 40 in the forties and the fifties. So it was like, as long as the sun was out, they didn't care. <laughs> Man, were, the, were the pools heated on there? Yes. Okay. Uh, I did see a few brave souls get in the pool and uh, in the pools. I think they had three pools, two adult and one children's pool they were not heated the hot tubs were always going so there was not that crowd or the the sun you know the people that go out to get out at the pool early and hog the seats all day you never saw that on this repositioning if you wanted a lounge chair you could find it the sun is one of the few ships that i have been on that has a walking and jogging track that goes all the way around the ship without having a partition that breaks it off. So you literally could do a jog all the way around as many times as you wanted to without having to make a pause and go up and come back down or go down and come back up. So I thought that was awesome. Um, they had ping pong tables. They had shuffleboard, a basketball and volleyball court. People took advantage of all of it. I was surprised at how many children were on board, but they were all very well behaved. They weren't in areas that they weren't supposed to be in. The flow was very nice. The only time that I felt like we were kind of moving against one another was in the Garden Cafe, which uh, is the buffet area. There was always plenty of seating. You could either sit inside or out. When you got in there, depending on how you entered, Sometimes you felt like you were moving against people, and I think they just need to kind of better organize it so that people don't feel like they're walking into others that are coming and going. You're like that fish swimming by itself against each other. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. But there were, they had a sports bar. Um, I got drinks in there. They either had American football or they had uh, soccer on. There was one little area that I did discover 
and now, of course, everybody will find out about it, but it's on deck 11 aft. It's behind the top cider bar, and it's a little buffet area. It doesn't have everything that the Garden Cafe has, but you did find a few people back there that I guess they had also discovered it. Mm-hmm. So it was a nice little place if you didn't want to fight the crowd that you could pick up hamburgers, hot dogs. Uh, they had Irish stew one day, but you could pick up little things like that without having to fight the crowd. Oh, that's, that's awesome. So uh, you make your way to San Diego. That's where the Europe part of the cruise terminated. How was disembarkation yeah. for you? I had heard all these nightmare stories about it might take one or two hours to disembark, so I decided, well, I would stay overnight in San Diego just in case. From the time they called out my color and I exited, I was in, I was among the last group. From that time to the porter helped me with my bags and we got out to the curb and I called for lift 10 minutes. Cool. So not bad at all then. <laughs> not bad at all. <laughs> And how was Lyft out there? I just started using Lyft myself about two months ago. It was pretty good. I think he got a little confused when he was coming in. I was kind of tracking him on my phone, and I was like, oh, I think he just went past, and then you see him kind of backing up again. But they have, if you tell the porter that's what you're going to be using, they have an area uh, where Lyft, Uber, the limos, where they all come. And uh, it worked very well, and it was very reasonable. Uh, I was staying at a courtyard out by Liberty Station, which is where a lot of the naval personnel work. And uh, I think with tip, it was about uh, $15. Oh, that's awesome. Not bad at all. Yeah. <laughs> well, do you have any first-time tips you'd like to share for Norwegian Sun? Well, my suggestion would be research her before you go on board and just realize you're not getting all the bells and whistles of the bigger Norwegian ships. But I think she handles like 1,900 to approximately 2,300 passengers. If you are looking for that type of ship that's still going to be entertaining, the service is going to be excellent, the food is going to be good – I would say do that. And if you can snag a balcony stateroom, definitely do it because some of my best afternoons were spent sitting out on my balcony and I actually saw a whale at one point. So it was was worth it. Nice. Looking back over your four-night repositioning cruise, what was the biggest highlight for you? Well, we did have one little stopover in a little town called Astoria, Oregon. It's rather Victorian. Uh, It has a maritime history. That was a nice highlight. But I think the biggest highlight of all was it seemed like everybody was just having such a good time whether it was our cruise critic meet and greet or me just talking with some of the the staff. It seemed like everybody just had such a great attitude. And if the staff has a great attitude, that carries over to the passengers and it makes the passengers feel like they're having a good time. So even though it was four days, uh, I've been on seven days that weren't that much fun. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's nice. Now, I, I didn't know you stopped in Astoria. That's actually really cool. I, I love that. It's so quaint there, and they have yes. that Baratime Museum. And like, yes. it, it reminds me of a kind of reminds me of a New England town. Yes, like and I, I've only it, absolutely I've only been to New England once, but it it did have that feel to it, and I didn't go in the museum only because I wasn't in a museum frame of mind that day. But it's very picturesque. I know that's cliched, but yes. 
it has that feel to it. Um, and one of the, the guys I was speaking to said they have a huge volunteer spirit in the town. So anyone you walked up to, if you were lost, they would be able to point you in the right direction. So if you ever get a chance of anyone that's listening, if you ever get a chance to go on a cruise of stopping in Astoria, definitely get off the ship and make it a point to take a walk around. Well, in closing here, Tina, uh, give me your final thoughts of Norwegian Sun. She's a wonderful ship. I would love to go on her again. Now that Norwegian has announced that the Norwegian Bliss will be handling some of the Alaskan itinerary in 2018, I don't know what's going to happen with the Sun. I'm hoping maybe the Sun, with her being as small as she is, will be able to get into areas that the Bliss would not, since the Bliss is going to be one of the breakaway class. But I would say while she is in this area, in the Western Hemisphere, if you get a chance to go on her, go on her. I don't think you'll regret it. We've been talking with Tina. She just returned from a four-night repositioning cruise aboard Norwegian Sun, taking it from Vancouver down to San Diego. Tina, thanks so much for being on the show and sharing your review this evening. Thank you very much for having me. I loved it. A big question we get at Cruise Radio is, how do I know if I need trip insurance? Simple answer. If you're getting on a plane, taking a road trip, or getting on a cruise ship, you need to have travel insurance. Hey, it's Doug Parker for my friends at TripInsurance.com. Not, not only does TripInsurance.com protect your vacation investment, but it also gives you a peace of mind in case anything were to go wrong on your trip. How do they do it? They offer three different types of trip insurance policies. Good, better, and best. One policy for every vacation budget. But it doesn't just stop there. They're up to 40% lower when you shop around on other comparison sites. Plus, TripInsurance.com offers 24-hour customer support before, during, and after your trip. Online claims assistance and travel alerts to let you know what's going on at your destination. But find out for yourself. Check out TripInsurance.com. Cruise Radio is produced weekly at the TripInsurance.com studios in Jacksonville, Florida. Hear Cruise Radio on iHeartRadio, the Stitcher Radio Network, iTunes, or at CruiseRadio.net. For sales and marketing opportunities, email sales at CruiseRadio.net. I'm your announcer.